Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. As health plans look to lower the cost of care for the growing Medicare Advantage population, they're investing in for-profit primary care companies also providing social services. On this episode, Dean Emeritus of the Jefferson College of Population Health, Dr. David Nash says, amid a flood of investor capital, it's important to evaluate the social return. It's Monday, December 13th, and I'm Alex Olgan with GIST Healthcare Daily, where you get the headlines and health business and policy news in under 10 minutes. If you like the podcast, please leave us a rating or a review. It helps other listeners find the show. What many in healthcare know to be true became impossible to ignore during the pandemic. So much of our health depends on factors outside of clinics or hospitals, whether we can afford and eat healthy food, have a place to live, and a stable job. Managed care plans responsible for the total cost of care have become far more interested in investing in social needs. And that set up a relatively new burgeoning industry and flood of investment in for-profit companies offering both healthcare and social services, like CityBlock, Oak Street Health, or Signify Health. A recent paper in the Journal of Population Health Management pegs the industry at about 58 companies valued in total at over $18 billion. While investors are looking for whether these services Services are lowering healthcare costs and producing returns. Dr. David Nash, founding Dean Emeritus of the Jefferson College of Population Health in Philadelphia, says it's also important to find out if all this cash is providing social returns for patients. Nash and medical student Zach Goldberg co-authored that paper and joined me to talk about it. Here are some of our conversation. Dr. Nash, you've been involved in the population health field for a while, and I'm wondering if you could identify a point in time when the money started to flow into companies providing these kinds of services. A bright light was shined, of course, on the failures of our healthcare system, uh, way too many to enumerate here. And uh, with that bright light, it also uncovered the fact that this industry had exploded Uh, during the pandemic to provide organizations, both providers and payers, uh, with help uh, in dealing with the social determinants. So I I would say uh, we we saw this happening really within the last 20 or 22 months. I'm a strong proponent of Medicare Advantage. I I think it's totally in the right direction. And I think you can say that, you know, CMS has definitely embraced the social determinants Medicaid, as you alluded to, definitely has embraced the social determinants. I think the question still on the table is, well, what's the role for these for-profit companies? And are they willing to engage, uh, 
you know, take a lower reimbursement, uh, go at risk. You know, uh, this is all uh, the next frontier, basically. CityBlock Health, which focuses on Medicaid and low-income Medicare patients, has raised about $900 million. PAPA, which addresses loneliness in seniors, has raised more than $230 million. For all this money from investors that are flowing into these companies, do we have a real sense of how much of a difference it's actually making in patients' health? That is the $64,000 question. I, I think there's very modest outcome measures available currently. Right now, this is, I would call it, almost a data-free environment. You know, lots of money, lots of excitement, lots of new companies, uh, but nobody really knows what's going on under the hood. So, Zach, for the paper you wrote with Dr. Nash, you looked at how to measure whether this is actually helping patients. What did you find? We have two possible strategies. You could use one SDOH tool that broadly measures social determinants of health across as many domains as possible. And that could allow you to compare different companies working in different specific domains of SDOH. So you could compare a food insecurity company to a transportation insecurity company. And really either tool would be successful in that regard. The second strategy is a little bit more specific you would likely use one tool or if you wanted to multiple SDOH tools that look at one specific domain. And that allows you to compare the efficacy of companies working in the same domain. So two food insecurity companies, for example. Dr. Nash, the tools don't have to be created from scratch. I know you had mentioned that, for example, Humana uh, is using a CDC tool that just is, is four questions to evaluate its efforts to address social needs. And they deliberately picked a publicly available, free, standardized, you know, research validated tool makes a lot of sense. So uh, net net, I hope there'll be some other measures that are standardized and used widely so that we could compare, you know, apples to apples as it relates to the outcomes when these companies are engaged. There have been organizations, often nonprofit community benefit organizations or CBOs, that have been providing similar social services for years. So I'm wondering if the rise of many of these larger for-profit entities with managed care contracts comes at the expense of these CBOs. Let's face it, their funding is episodic. They don't have the infrastructure. Let me give you a great example. They don't have firewalls. Uh, they, they don't have up-to-date uh, malpractice insurance. Uh, they can't connect to our systems. They're too much at risk. So, you, you know, would they like to do business with a food bank in, you know, downtown Portland? Sure. Uh, but that food bank is not up to the technologic standards that by law, Humana, as an example, must maintain. So summary, uh, these CBOs, uh, you know, I think more partnerships is probably the model we're going to be looking at. I know this industry of healthcare companies investing in social needs is relatively new. The paper estimates that these companies really started to emerge in 2017. So what do you think the industry will look like over the next five years? We believe this industry is going to continue to grow rapidly and uh, lots of money from private equity and venture capital will be going into this sector. It's up to us 
to figure out, you know, what kind of, uh, whether they're getting a return, an appropriate social return on the monies that's being invested. But clearly, many managed care organizations are very familiar with these uh, companies and are connected to them in one way or another, whereas most provider groups where uh, are less familiar, in generally speaking, with these, especially the for-profit SDOH companies. Um, we hope in some future work, we're going to look at another parallel area to this, which is the growth in companies helping providers go through the value-based payment uh, uh, evolution. And it's, so I think there's actually two nascent industries going on here, which in many uh, respects reflect the incredible change that we're going to see, hopefully post-pandemic in the system. And that is the growth of SDOH and the growth of a parallel universe of organizations helping providers most especially uh, tackle uh, value-based payment. That was Dr. David Nash, Dean Emeritus of the Jefferson College of Population Health, and Zach Goldberg, medical student at Sidney Kimmel Medical College at Thomas Jefferson University. Thanks for listening to GIST Healthcare Daily. I'm Alex Olkin. You can check out more insights on healthcare business and policy news on GISTHealthcare.com. GIST Healthcare Daily is an independent production of GIST Healthcare. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.